0: This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hi, folks. Welcome along to another episode of Looking Under the Hood, where we are unpacking the money stuff. I'm Scott Malcolm, and we often talk about financial freedom. I often say to people, this is actually a two-level approach at least. One element of the financial freedom is having enough money to look after your needs now and into the future. The other part of that is actually being free around the money and how it flows in your life. And I'm really excited today and, and honoured to actually have uh, George Kinder, who I did some training with uh, about 15 years ago um, from the Kinder Institute of Life Planning. So George, so great to have you here. A poet, a writer, uh, the father of life planning. Uh, welcome along.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott. Uh, it's great to be here. And I remember that so well, that, that, uh, that whole workshop with you. I mean, it was 15 years ago, but man, it's just like yesterday. And uh, so great to be here. Thank you so much for asking me.
0: Oh, my absolute pleasure, and I, I do want to do a shout out to someone who's not with us anymore, but Ed, Ed Jacobson, an amazing human being, and um, yeah, just obviously such a great connection during that training and workshop, and so many fond memories, and great to be with you again today. So what I've been asking all my, my guests as the first question is one of your questions in uh, your book, The Seven Stages of <laughs> Money Maturity, and what's one of your early happy or joyous memories when it comes to the money stuff? Well, you
1: know, back in the day, as you said, uh, I I always used to talk about uh, the paper route that I had. I've changed a bit, but let me tell, tell you the story of that because that's just incredible. And that is that, you know, being able to earn money as, a, I don't know, as nine years old, 10 years old, walking around the town, having the freedom to walk the town and uh, be out there in all kinds of weather, sometimes really early in the morning before anybody was awake. I mean, that was an incredible experience. And then you come home after collecting uh, the money and Geez, it's your money. And one of the things my parents, my parents never used to let me have comic books or Soda Pop, but they said if you were in the money, you could spend it on whatever you want. So it was like, wow, I, it was wonderful. I, I loved counting the money and feeling I was I was doing something. So that was an explicit money memory. But since since you and I were last together, it is this is a celebration for me to be with hmm. Scott after 15 years of not seeing him. Since then, I've broadened my understanding of freedom. But hmm. uh, so I, I think of money as touching absolutely everything. And I think of freedom in many ways, including very deep ways and ways that have to do with civilization. So I, when I think about my earliest memories of money, one of the things that I've gone after as I've gone after these moments of freedom is my very earliest memories of life. And I don't know whether hmm. I remember Riding around in my mama's womb, but I, I'm sure that was a that was a time of great delight, of warmth, of you know, uh, humanity in a way. And uh, the breath is very important to me, as you know. I follow the breath in a meditative mm. way throughout my life, and so the taking of that first breath—what an incredible experience! And all of that delivered because my my mother and father had the resources to know mm-hmm. they could afford to have a child and bring a child into into the world in a way that would uh, bring freedom to their life. So Wow. Yeah.
0: Now, George, with your writings and trainings, you speak a lot about understanding the spiritual, the psychological and the practical issues that surround money. And so from your lived experience, uh, what is your ideal or definition of freedom? Where, where, where have you got to with, with that at this stage?
1: Yeah, you know, I loved what you started, how you started the program with the two the two points around uh, freedom around money. And I, I feel really related to those two points. So I want to say that to begin with, and that those two points to me express in many ways the essence of what life planning is all about, that we have, that we really understand the, the money or we have a, a mentor or a coach or a, a life planner, financial life planner who we trust who can really deliver uh, any of the complexities of money to us in a way that we can understand and feel then our freedom. But the primary thing for us is to feel freedom in our life. And and, and without that, there's no point in money. But when you say, what does freedom mean to me now? I'm just, it's funny that you ask because I don't know if you've seen this because I haven't spoken about it a lot, but I'm just finishing another book on freedom. And it's called, yeah, it's called The Three Domains of Freedom. And there's a subtitle to it that I think is really important. First subtitle. Each moment is yours. Second Mm -hmm. subtitle. Your life is yours. Third subtitle civilization is yours. And so my, my notion of freedom, gosh, it goes right down to every individual moment. You talk about spiritual, some people would call that spiritual. I can certainly call it spiritual, but it's every single moment. And Mm. I, I, as you know, I've been a long time meditator, practicer of mindfulness forever, but that's one of the things that it trains you in. It delivers freedom in every moment. It's life planning that delivers it in our life so that we, you know, we're, we're on our mission. We have our, our life's purpose. We know what we're about and we're delivering it. And that's the life planning piece. And Mm. that's more about identity and kind of the hero's journey. And it's more having a balance psychologically, as you were talking about earlier, having that kind of freedom. And then the third one that we often get stumbled by in these days of real of polarization in the world is Mm. that civilization is yours we're meant to live free in civilization that's why we have democracy and and so we're you know so the the notion is don't get stuck in that Um, Mm. if you see something wrong do something reach out be proactive about it bring kindness uh, and generosity of spirit to everyone you meet, but speak truth to power, and l- let's make civilization something where we really feel that freedom, as we're meant to feel uh, throughout it, uh, across all cultures. So those are that's a more complex definition wow. than you were probably looking
0: for. But know. Yeah. <laughs> George, that that is that is wonderful, and and for everybody listening, people are going to have different definitions of of what freedom will mean to them. And look again, you've got some amazing practices, uh, tools, workshops, uh, things that you will do. For people listening, what are some of the the tips or processes or uh, practices that people can start to bring into their life today to, to start on that journey? Well, in, in
1: addition to any mindfulness practice you can do, the life planning uh, practices are are really cool and freeing. And um, and that was, you know, where you and I met uh, 15 years ago. And maybe I'll share two of those that are two mm-hmm. of my current favorites. One of them is uh, called the three questions. And so just what they are. And as the listeners are thinking about this, you might rewind and and think about each of these questions and take five or 10 minutes with each one, even a half hour and write it down. So, so each of these questions is really valuable. The first one is if you had all the money that you needed, you know, for the rest of your life, you know, maybe you're not as rich as, you know, the queen of England or, you know, you know, uh, Bill Gates or Elon Musk, but you've got all that you need. What would you do with your life? So that's a beautiful question. Pause with it, write down your answers. And it's just freeing all the details. And then we go deeper because it's going into the depth that tells us what's really important. And that's really where we learn about freedom. So this is this is a wonderful one. Uh, but the second one goes deeper. And that and in this one, you're going to the doctor and you, you think you're just fine and all, but he or she's been doing some tests, and you go in, and and uh, she says to you, you know, gosh, you know, I got some good news and some bad news. The good news is you're going to live a great life. You're that from now on, you're going to feel really healthy. But the bad news is that you have a very rare ailment, and sometime between your fifth year and your tenth year out, you're just going to keel over. You're, that's it. You're done. And you won't know the moment of it beforehand. So if you knew that, if you only knew that you only had five to ten years left to live, what would you do? How would you live your life differently? And you can see, I can see looking in Scott's eyes, I can see there's a seriousness. You feel it and you can't help but feel it. And you're touched by it. And you think about, well, what is really meaningful for me? What do I have to do? What's really important? So that's the second question and that takes us deeper and it's actually closer to what's most important of all. And the third question um, goes even farther than that. And you need the first two to warm up to get you to the third really, because the third is a, is a kind of, a, a well, it's a big one. And so here you're going to the doctor and again, you're feeling perfectly fine. And, and again, the doctor's been doing some tests and this time he says, you know, gee, I I I guess I blew it but here's the truth you have a very rare ailment and it's come to term you you have 24 hours left to live and, and the question is not what would you do with that time that's kind of a superficial question not totally superficial but the question is reflecting on how you'd anticipated living out your life, reflecting on what you'd uh, looked forward to. What is it that you missed? What is it that you didn't get to do? Who is it that you didn't get to be? And Scott will tell you, I'll tell you, we build our life plans often around the answer to that question because it takes you right to what's most important. It's legacy. It's what your legacy is. What'd you miss? Who'd you not get to be? Hmm. So that's the first one. I want to give you one more, but Scott, do you want to pause with that one at all before I go? Yeah,
0: go I do look at those questions uh, at least every sort of 12, 18 months just to, to reset and and take stock and, and reframe where I'm heading in life. And again, with clients, we, we ask them those questions as well. And the richness of the conversations that you have with people, just uh, wow. And again, it, it takes time to get there. I think the first time I looked at those questions, my answers were a little bit, I uh, don't know, higher level. And the, the longer I've, I've done it and, and been with it, the the deeper I will go with, with some of those answers. And so, uh, yeah, I think, as George said, just uh, just pause. So yeah, thanks, thanks George. I'll, and what was the second one?
1: Well, before I go there, I just want to add Mm -hmm. to what you said. What is most extraordinary about life planning, I think, is the relationship that you Mm -hmm. do this work. I mean, sometimes you can do it on your own. And I've written a lot of books and the the number of them you could tap into and get self-help on your own. That's wonderful. But it's extraordinary to do this work with another person as your guide, as your uh, facilitator as your coach, as your mentor, as your financial person, someone who you can trust because you wouldn't trust any old financial person with this kind of question. None of us would, I wouldn't. Uh, so, So to find someone that you can actually have this kind of deep conversation with where they don't constantly fill in the blanks, but are really there as great listeners the, the, the relationship is primarily one, not of your financial advisor talking to and at you, but of your certainly in the first half of your financial planning journey, it's primarily the financial advisor listening to you. The second exercise, a lot of times, you know, we just we're driven in our lives and we're driven to accomplish things. And that can be a good thing. And there can be a lot of energy there that's very positive and all of that. But one of the exercises, I don't think I taught when Scott studied with me 15 years ago. Um, But one of the exercises that I have come to really love is contrasting what would be your ideal day with your current day. What would be your ideal week, the structure of it? with your current week, the way you're running it? What would be your ideal year with your current year, the way you structure it? And I, that that exercise to do that, I do that and the three questions at least once a year. I'll look at these and I'll share them with my wife uh, because yeah. it's wonderful to learn from her as well. You can't coach your most intimate partner because they they want to be just universally loved. They don't want to be coached in some way, but you can't <laughs> can listen to them. And and learning their ideals and then supporting them around is just fantastic. But to just give yourself, I mean, take your ideal day and give yourself an extra hour in it. Take your ideal week, give yourself three extra hours in that week to be more of what it's supposed to be to be ideal. Give yourself an extra week in your year. I mean, um, just right now, do it. <laughs> I mean, amazing. You'll find just amazing freedom coming out and so much energy that you'll get so much more done uh, in in this very efficient life that you live the rest of the time.
0: And I love that, uh, George, and I, I'm, I'm going to now take that and and, and adjust that to, to my uh annual or, or 18 monthly uh, check-ins as well, because that, that ideal life is really important. And I I've did these quest- the three questions recently with a client and they had teenage children. And so a part of their life plan came out and they were a bit worried because they wanted to be able to go back to Germany where they, they'd come from. And so th- they went away after our, our one of our meetings and the next meeting they came back and they said, oh, we shared those questions with our, our children. And they said the conversation, Scott, was incredible. It, it filled me up so much, but they actually found that their, their kids were both aligned to the idea of actually going overseas and, and, and living in Germany and understanding that where their, their heritage a bit more and all those sort of things. But yeah. It's the power of those questions, George. So thank you for, uh, for sharing them with me and with, with the world, uh, so to speak. <laughs> It's really fascinating to me these days. Uh, on Twitter, Reddit, uh, all those these uh, online forums. You can. There's so much information out there. We, we're almost in this age of uh, information overwhelm. I think sometimes in how things are going, and there, there is that uh, fire movement that's that's around at the moment, which is that financial independence, retire early. And look, I, I love the. idea behind it i love that people are getting educated around money and and understanding it but i often speak to people who have have read fire methodologies and gone down that path and they're so far away from their ideal life that yeah they to to get them there they're like oh well when i do get there then this is what i'm going to be doing Do do you have a a view on that i mean i've I've got views about everything george i'll I'll talk about them till the cows come home that's why i started a (laughs) podcast um but do you have any views on that do you have any reflection on on some of those elements that might be around at the moment?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm really supportive of where you're coming from, and I'll just give my own nuance of it. The uh, first of all, I I there were at least two years of my life where I essentially did fire, and I did it from um, you know this way way back early in my life, where I realized, gosh, if I just put two years in, I could have a whole bunch of freedom coming out, and mm. so there are times where I think. It can be valuable. But I, I'm, I'm with you that I've seen people who dive into that, and then they lose, they lose their life plan. They lose their ideals. They lo- lose uh, who they feel they really are meant to be. And so it might be with a client. Typically, in our life planning work, we, we do something called lighting the torch, where we describe what that ideal life would be for a client. And we offer it to them, or some version getting close to it over a period, within a short, relatively short period of time, about the maximum I've ever gone was when it wasn't teenage kids, but maybe it was a PhD program. And uh, so about the maximum I've ever gone is three years. Usually the maximum I go is about a year and a half. And very often you're promising people major shifts within a month or two. So here's the thing that I would think Uh, In in regard to what what you're saying, Scott, and and where I would agree, it it can be very valuable to power through when you've got an ability to earn a lot of money and to, to have that ultimate life. But the work that we do in life planning is so much richer in terms of its goals, so much deeper. It's not just after the material things, which often the FIRE movement is primarily focused on. So the life planning process that we have that articulates what those goals are is extraordinary. And you may still want to do it, in, and we, w- we would encourage you to do it in relatively short order. But the one of the secrets that we've learned is give, person, give a person a couple of hours a week that they don't have otherwise, because when you feel that freedom inside yourself, you're already getting it. You actually are much more efficient with the job that you're doing, much more engaged, and you're so much happier in life. I, I used to joke that in, in India, they get to live several lives. But in, in America and in the Western world, we only live once. This is your only shot at it, man. I mean, let, let's get let's live a great life.
0: Yeah. Totally agree, George and that again short term sacrifice or ability to to land there is 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 good and, and well, but uh, again, if it 's a uh, oh ten years i 'm going to do this job that I hate for the next ten years, and then in ten years' time, you roll out of it and you don 't have the health or you don 't have the the vigor or energy to actually get out and and do and live that, that ideal life that you 've been chasing and yeah, so I think that 's uh, some great insight there. Now, George, we, we do keep this short in and Sweden. And I could speak to you. I mean, I, we've probably got 15 years worth of conversations to catch up on. But la- last question I've got for you is probably in the last few years, what, what is the I guess with with pandemics and and COVIDs and lockdowns, it, it might have been the, the ultimate pause. You you love the pause. What what sort of habits, behaviors, beliefs, practices have, have benefited you most uh, during the last few years?
1: Yeah, I, I think the single most beneficial habit for myself personally, has been mindfulness, Um, because it is part of freedom is every moment. And so that's been just incredibly valuable for me. And I encourage anyone who who doesn't do it to take a course and see. It's not easy to do, but it it is a training in the mastery of the present moment. And there are some extraordinary studies how the um, uh, people that that are able to, to really focus on the present moment in their life, live much happier lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's, that's, uh, that's certainly been true for me. The, the second one is I keep, I always keep the three questions and my legacy, you know, first and foremost, I keep that in the front of my life. I I'm, that's the reason I'm writing so many books and, and talking and all of that. And, and, uh, And I think the other thing that I might say is that kindness, bringing kindness to everybody you meet and doing it more, more than you normally do. Looking at those relationships where the person's important to you, but it looks a little fractious. It looks a little jagged sometimes. Turn it around bring kindness to that person really focus on them uh, Louis Volbrook who uh, is another great trainer Ed was the, the great one when you were when you were around and uh, and I owe a great deal to Ed I'm in, in this latest book I'm actually acknowledging him in a major way but the Louis says if you're in a relationship absolutely the most important thing in your life it's just one of his frames is that your partner is living a really fulfilled life life. So if you find yourselves at odds in any way, and it's easiest for us to be more at odds with our partners or their kids or whatever, no, <laughs> they're living really fulfilled lives is absolutely the most important thing. And what a richness they'll bring back to us if we can find a way to just make sure that happens, help them make that happen.
0: Wonderful, I, I love that, George, and yes, uh, shout out to, to Louis as well. I, I was lucky enough to do some uh, training with him uh, last, or oh, yeah, two years ago, or last year. George, thank you so much for being here. Time flies when you're having fun, and I, I feel like that that moment has just passed us very quickly. But some great insights there, and. Looking forward to your new book coming out as well. I'm uh, I'm really interested in that. I'll, I'll put the the links to some of your resources and the the Kinder Institute. And again, George, you've done poetry, you've done photography, you've you've done this amazing training. So look, thank you for sharing yourself uh, with us and uh, and joining me today on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Scott. I, I'm going to add one thing, and you can edit this out or, or however you like, but um, I realized that there's a book coming out before the book on freedom. It's coming out January 1st and we're offering it free as a free subscription where people will get it. Uh, it's a weekly poem and photograph from the week or series of poems and photograph of a week. And so you get a spread and they're beautiful. They're really beautiful spreads of, of my, uh, and encounter my life on uh, what's known as Spectacle Pond here in Massachusetts. So it's free, you can have it as a free uh, Christmas gift, Hanukkah gift, uh, New Year's gift, uh, but it's a wonderful, uh, uh, look it up, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll like it
0: thanks so much George really appreciate your time. Thanks everybody for listening. hope you've uh, gained some some insight and again go back and, and listen to the the three questions I always love when George uh, delivers them it's it's, it's quite profound uh, but but sit with those and, and see what comes up for you but most importantly uh, keep keep that journey going with understanding the money um, and getting that deeper relationship with, with how you engage with it so we'll, we'll see you next time if you've enjoyed today please like us on Apple Podcasts.